a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Jesus does not lie. And he told me, you're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He told me, this is my blood shed for you. He told me, whoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. And I've heard the Lord's voice in the absolution forgiven me. He's, he's told me that he, uh, that he loves the world, that he died for the world, that he shed his blood to save me and forgive me. He said it, and he doesn't lie. Those sins, which we're supposed to be conquering, have been conquered, not by our striving to overcome them, but have they been conquered by the death of Jesus. Those sins, even those pet sins that we're supposed to overcome, even the the sins that we keep coming back to, those have been crucified with Christ. Uh, and now uh, sanctification is is putting to death the old the old Adam, the old flesh, by confessing our sins. I wasn't paying attention to what you just said. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Sorry, I was reading Facebook statuses. <laughs> the preferred radio show for the deaf and hearing impaired. This is Table Talk Radio. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Uh, Pastor, we've got a great show oh, in yeah. store. Great. Uh, some buzzwords, some uh, voicemails uh, that people have been calling in at uh, 1-800-385-SOLA. Do you know that number yet? 1-800-385-SOLA. You got it. Wow. Ask me again in 10 minutes. <laughs> I will. <laughs> uh, and then we're going to do some law, gospel, uh, game, Bible B. Something mm. we're gonna figure nope. it out as we mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. Uh, ending up with uh, Table Talk Jeopardy. Uh, the the uh, category I have for you uh, for Table Talk Jeopardy today, Pastor, is uh, popular quotes of Martin Luther. Hey, awesome! Uh, my category for you is uh, temptations by the devil in the Scripture. Nice, that'll be good. Uh, so, uh, for those of you who usually tune out uh, halfway through the show. It might be worth staying in for the whole thing this time. Might. Can't guarantee that. Maybe three quarters yeah, at least. Yeah, right. Um, so uh, let's start off with some buzzwords, uh, theological buzzwords, um, where we uh, define a theological word, and uh, the point is to get it uh, worked into natural conversation sometime during the course of the show. Never really works. Uh, one time uh, I inadvertently <laughs> used my, my buzzword. <laughs> uh, we probably use our buzzwords a lot, but we never even pay attention to them. <laughs> well, I don't like listening to you, and you like lis- don't like listening right. to me, so That's I guess right. you know it works out that way. Just so. like our listeners, yeah, just pretty. trying to be one with the audience. <laughs> pretty much. All right, uh, let's uh, start off with some buzzwords. My theological buzzword for you. Uh, we haven't used this one yet. Uh, it's the word worldview. Oh. I don't, hey. I don't think we've used that before. Worldview. World uh, one's worldview is uh, the lens by which he or she looks at the world. That makes sense, worldview. Yep. Uh, and so uh, this is the the uh, assumptions that you make uh, when you make decisions, when you process information. Um, everything gets filtered through this, this lens of which you, you view the world. Uh, so if someone has a, a, a Christian worldview... Uh, versus someone who has a evolutionary worldview, they might view something like uh, uh, the Grand Canyon, for example, uh, in different ways. It's the same data. Uh, it's the same Grand Canyon. The, the information hasn't changed. But the uh, evolutionists might say that uh, 
the Grand Canyon was um, a result of, a, of the Colorado River over millions of years, and it slowly eroded this great massive canyon. Uh, the Christian might look at the the uh, the Grand Canyon and conclude that a whole lot of water passed through there in a short amount of time, maybe uh, like something following the flood or something like that. Yeah, and the world your worldview affects how you see your neighbor too, how you look at your neighbor. Are they given to you as a gift from God, someone that you can serve through your vocation, or are they someone who's who is um, uh, who is there stealing away resources that could be yours, and so they have to be overcome? That that would be the evolutionary kind of survival of the fittest sort of thing. So. Uh, your worldview affects how you see your your neighbor. It affects how you see government uh, and uh, the power structures or authority structures in the world. It affects how you uh, look look at the scriptures and even how you consider yourself, death, etc. So uh, yeah, that's nice. We had I had this idea a long time ago in this show, so long ago that you forgot. So it could have been like three <laughs> or four shows ago to have kind of a worldview catalog. And we could come up with our own little Table Talk Radio twists on the different types of worldviews and describe them, but that hasn't really gone anywhere. Maybe My, during the break I'll come up with some. Yeah, that, that's right up there with uh, Church Father Orr and... Uh, well, this actually has potential, headline. I think. <laughs> well, that's yet to <laughs> be seen. <laughs> that, <laughs> All right, My, uh, that might be right up there with Facebook status theology. Hey, that was a great game. <laughs> that was a lot better than uh, Church History Headlines. Do you remember that? I don't know. I kind of think they're on what par with one tank. another. I have, I have people now compelling me, trying to compel <laughs> me on Facebook to f- make a fake Facebook account with your name on it, and then I could give responses for Identity them. theft is a crime. I know, but you would never know it because you're not on Facebook. Hmm. My buzzword for you is temptation. You know, I think I would know it because you know how many people would come up to me and say, "Hey, you really, you finally got Facebook." I'd be like, "What?" I'm taking your profile <laughs> picture right now. <laughs> I, I still need to. Um, my uh, my brother said that uh, he would post a picture of you that I took of you last time we were recording when you were looking for Calvin and your 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 head was turned 180 degrees around and you're looking for Calvin. So uh, that that might appear on Facebook someday too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's always trouble. I don't know if Calvin's going to be visible or invisible. <laughs> <laughs> temptation is your buzzword. And the, and here we want to make a distinction between temptation and testing. Uh, the distinction, not a, that you can actually tell any difference when you're in the middle of it in this life, but the temptation comes from the devil. The devil tempts us to, uh, to despair and false belief and other great shame and vice. Uh, the Lord is testing us. So temptation and testing have two different sources. One comes from God, that's testing. One comes from the devil, that's temptation. And they have two different ends. The Lord intends by testing to strengthen our faith and trust in him. The, the devil intends by temptation to destroy our faith and trust in God. Uh, but you're right, when you're in the middle of it, you can't tell the difference. But there's a different source and a different end. So that is temptation. Fantastic. And can, you know, we, your pen? Yeah, we should say something theological about temptation <laughs> that is... That that even the fact that we have this inclination to sin is itself sin. That's that whole, uh, mm. have we done this Concupiscence. thing? Concupiscence, yeah, we have. Concupiscence is our buzzword for that. So that even our tendency to sin is considered sin itself. Uh, so we, um, uh, so we want to be aware of that. So the fact that we're temptable is an indication that we are sinners. Right, so... Uh, you know, sometimes I, I think we talked about this uh, a few shows ago uh, when we were talking about sanctification. But uh, you know, so many churches talk about uh, that the Christian life now is trying to free yourself from sin. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, when a when a pretty girl walks by, and and the fact of the matter is that you want that. Well, the fact that you want that is already sin. It's something to repent of. Yes. Uh, 
So uh, even if you could free yourself from sin, which you can't, uh, you, uh, you're still a sinner, uh, as evidenced by concupiscence. Unless, of course, that pretty girl is your wife. <laughs> right. How's that going? I, d- I don't have to uh, you know worry about that uh, disclaimer. You know, I, it's. Did you did we write down the number for the who wants to date an almost pastor? One eight hundred. I'll remember it if we oh, yeah. start calling it that again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I that's that's important. You know, I, I can't wait for the day where I'm like. Uh, can I go out and you know have have a drink with the guys? I'll I'll be back by nine. Oh, take out the trash first. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You want your flesh to have free reign. <laughs> I know. How you are. All right, let's hit the voicemail system, Pastor. What's that number again? Eight hundred sola. <laughs> Three two five sola. Is that right? Eight hundred. Do, you know, do you know your own phone number? One eight hundred. What's your house phone number? <laughs> One eight hundred three eight five Sola. Oh, that was close. One eight hundred three eight five seven six five two. In case you don't have the little numbers on your on your. Let's uh let's go to the voicemail system. Hello there. I'm another listener. You can add to your count, which might get you into the double digits. I love your show, and I'm a loyal listener. Now, I was reading your buzzwords, and I noticed something that you might want to fix. You said predestination is always for the sake of the gospel, because the Bible does say that God elects some for damnation. Now, I'm no theologian, seriously here, but I'm pretty sure you forgot the not. Just making sure that typos don't stain your theology. Thanks a lot. All right, and thank you for the call. I can't believe anyone's reading our buzzwords page on our website. I can't believe anyone's listening. <laughs> so uh, I will make a note to, to fix that, uh, that, that typo. So thank you. Uh, and, and that points out the fact that there is uh, our, our buzzwords list uh, there on the... Uh, yeah, 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 that's right. So. Hey, by the way, if you do want to call in and correct our theology, we welcome that. Uh, but if you want us to respond actually to it, just don't say that you're a Calvinist. <laughs> Right. Just let's uh, let's get this voicemail now, and then we'll respond to it on the other side of the break. Here's the message. Hi, guys. Uh, this is Pastor Luke Seaman from uh, Tr- uh, Trinity Lutheran Church in Hobbs, New Mexico. Uh, just recently started listening to the show. Uh, ELCA pastor, at, uh, at least uh, for now, maybe not in the future. But uh, um, but anyway, uh, just uh, certainly wanted to call and uh, thank you for the uh, praise song cruncher. I've also, uh, like your other listeners, have fi- find it helpful, and uh, hopefully we'll use it um, in the future um, in conversations about worship with uh, parishioners or in selecting songs. Um, let's see. Also, really uh, excited about the debate coming up uh, between uh, the two professors on the resurrection. That's certainly an issue that uh, some... Uh, some people, unfortunately, in our in the ELCA, uh, take the uh, certainly the heretical side, uh, and uh, look definitely looking forward to what uh, uh, the professor there is going to say. Um, maybe a, sh- a show idea, maybe uh, to look into the uh, National Day of Prayer that's uh, tomorrow, and uh, their theology of prayer. I was going to go to one of their their uh, meetings tomorrow to kind of check that out. And I really think they have, looking at their website, they really have an interesting uh, view of what prayer is. They say, prayer is, quote, communion with God. And uh, in another place they say, prayer is um, the bridge between heaven and earth, um, which I thought was really interesting. I thought that Christ was the bridge between heaven and earth, but uh, I guess not anymore, according to them. Anyway, maybe uh, prayer as a sacrament in uh, the revivalist tradition. 
um, talking about that. Um, anyway, uh, keep uh, listening to you guys, and uh, talk to you soon. All right. Thank you for that voicemail message. We'll be right back on Table Talk Radio and respond to that caller right after this. Don't go away. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. But you got to keep your head up. Oh, and you can let your head down. Yeah. You got to keep your head up. Oh, and you can let your head down. Talk Radio, answering the age-old question. If a radio show is broadcasting and no one listens, does it still make a sound? Welcome back to yeah, Oregon Talk Radio. You're going to know something about Oregon pretty soon. Oregon bound. I don't know when this airs, but... Uh, you might be there? You I might, might be, be a there. pastor? <laughs> so I'm calling you Pastor Gigland? <laughs> <laughs> rolls I can start calling you Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all this four years of work just so you can call me That's by my first name. That's the whole reason name. I did this. I oh, know. Uh, okay, so we have this uh, wonderful call from the ELCA pastor, um, Thank you uh, for that call, and thank you for uh, your faithful confession uh, there in the ELCA. Um, okay, we had a, we had a, a few things to deal with. Want to uh, check down the list here? Praise Song Cruncher is appreciated. Thank you for that. I appre- appreciate the Praise Song Cruncher as well. We appreciate the appreciation. <laughs> Until every praise, how does that how does that thing go for the soldiers? Until every soldier is home. We have the same thing. Till every praise song is crunched, <laughs> we'll be here for you. Right. Uh, then also the resurrection debate. The mention of that, you can tell we're right on top of these voicemails. Right. Yeah. That uh, happened like four months ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we did have a, have a response to that too, uh, and we got some emails uh, concerning that uh, debate as well. Um, although I, I think it was interesting, and maybe. Maybe this is um, new information for for some of our listeners. Um, uh, that the the ELCA what two years ago now uh, voted to um, it, allow homosexual clergy. Uh, but notice what the, what the pastor said also in that clip that uh, that some of his his colleagues there in the ELCA um, would take the heretical side of that of that debate, and the, the debate was on the did Jesus rise from the dead? Yeah, that's right. Uh, and so there's certainly a, a connection between those two issues right there. Yes, uh, in deep connection. I mean, once you once you start saying that the Bible, you can't trust the words of the scriptures, uh, then everything's up everything's up for debate. Mm-hmm. Everything's up for debate. I mean, even when the resurrection comes up for debate, um, that's not good. I mean, if Christ did not rise, then we are of all men most to be pitied. So we can just apply that to those guys in the ELCA that deny the resurrection. Yep. Uh, and then the third thing was the National Day of Prayer. Prayer defined as communion with God, and prayer is the bridge to heaven. Mm. What do you think about that? Well, I think it stands to reason. Uh, because if you don't have means of grace, you got to invent your own. Right. So it might as well be prayer. 
Right. Uh, so that our, it's some sort of mystical way, our hearts reach out to heaven. And there I have this communion with God. And it, of course, would make sense that communion with God for the theolo- for the no means of grace theologians, which is everyone but the Lutherans, by the way, if you were wondering, um, including the Calvinists. <laughs> you Calvinists. <laughs> Uh, is uh, it, it, now it has to be some sort of spiritual uh, thing, an internal thing, an yeah. immediate thing. I remember, and, I, and you're going to make fun of me this for uh, for this, but you know I am willing to subject myself for the for the good of this radio show. I'm uh, willing to uh, subject myself to Pastor Wolfmiller's you know scrutiny and 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 jokes be the bunt of your your jokes. But I, I'm willing to put myself on the line here. Uh, I remember when I was in high school and uh, someone gave me a, a Christian book on dating. Yeah. And I was reading this book. and uh, I was <laughs> We're getting to the root of the problem now. <laughs> Christian dating book. See what I mean? Yeah, all right. All right. I'm willing to endure this for you, listener. <laughs> you, listener out there, this is for you. Uh, <laughs> um, and I remember this book said, uh, uh, you know, had these things that you sh- you should not do with your your dating partner, and one of them was uh, said that you shouldn't pray with with the person you're dating. And I was really baffled by this, and I asked I asked someone, you know, what's this all about? And they were talking about how how uh, prayer is an, an intimate time with God, and to share the intimate time with God with someone else is is can be even more intimate than uh, than the act of uh, the act of sex. And I was so baffled by this, I really didn't understand that. Uh, but now, uh, in light of what we just uh, uncovered, that 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 uh, prayer is, in a sense, uh, in some cases, a mysticism for them. It's, it's this connection that's divine. Yeah, there is this deep um, connection in mysticism with uh, with spiritual experiences being um, intimate. Let's just say, let's just use that word, intimate. So spiritual exercises are intimate, and we see it in Christian mysticism as well as in pagan mysticism that there's this, um, uh, yeah, there's that strong theme there. I don't want to, we don't need to go into too much detail about it, but uh, um, but that's right, and that it does make sense that that now that um, this is our intimate time with God. Well, look at, uh, is that what prayer is in the in the Bible? Um, no. Prayer is asking God, petitioning God for the things that you need. Uh, it's oftentimes public. It's a communal or uh, with a group, with a congregation. Uh, it's in Psalms. It's praying things that are written down. Um, and it's saying, uh, Lord, I trust you as my Father, and so here's the things that, uh, that I need uh, from you. Yeah, and I think um, I think we can start pressing um, our friends on the on these things. Uh, you know, one thing that one starting point I usually begin with is the solos of the Reformation, because most most uh, Protestants, um, even though if they don't know what the solos are, they they know that the basic uh, fundamental belief of Protestant theology. Uh, by that I mean uh, not Roman Catholic theology, and that is they 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 know that they should believe in the Bible alone. And they should believe in, in in grace alone and faith alone. They 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 at least have that as a as a, a starting point. Now they might define grace and faith differently, but you have that starting point. So now when when issues like this come up, I think we need to start uh, pressing our friends. Where is that in the Bible? Where do, where does it say that prayer is an intimate time with God in the Bible? Uh, start we we need to start uh, uh, you know uh, pressing pressing our our evangelical friends to prove these things from the Bible because um, you know that. Usually, that, that's what 
what uh, evangelicals are all about is, is proving things from the Bible. So show me the Bible. Where does it say that, that prayer is an intimate time with God? What do you got in your hand there? I got. I pulled up the quest for holiness. So you know where uh, this is where our three ladders come from? Yes. Listen, so listen to uh, Caberly talk about mysticism here. Uh, we continually find examples, often united with a clear aversion towards everything that involves the intelligence and will of men, who devote the most intense love and every imaginable care to the cultivation, nurture, and strengthening of their inner emotions and spiritual powers. But here again it's necessary to distinguish between two forms, a romantic aesthetic naturalism and a delicate, purer form of mystical religiosity, though both of them, as we shall presently see, are often enough intermingled. Bold as such immediateness may seem, Man has always ventured to embellish his natural erotic animal passions with religion and to sanctify them when they have been stimulated to a white heat as a means of direct union with God. The names given it vary, but behind them there is always an unrestrained cult of profound excitement of the emotions and senses. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So there's mysticism. This is you guys should pick this this little book up, Quest for Holiness, Adolf Caberly. Yeah, the first twenty pages will be good. We have uh, about three minutes, so wh- why don't we just uh, take this time to to describe this? Because we were talking before we started recording uh, this topic. Um, is what do you do when you run into someone and uh, you're 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 kind of nailing them down on this this topic of mysticism, but they they come back and say. Well, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with saying that that uh, you know you you connect with God directly uh, apart from means? Yeah. How do we address that? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm working on this because it's it's not a there's a there's a, some theological arguments that are easy to proof text. Like for example, when we talk about the Lord's Supper, we just look at the simple words of institution: "This is my body," etc. Uh, when we talk about baptism, we just pull out those texts where the Lord teaches directly about baptism. But this anti-mysticism is not uh, so easy to proof text. Uh, it, it is because the whole of the scriptures is fighting against it. But maybe a way to approach it would simply to say, ask a question like this. Hey, why did Jesus have to take upon himself flesh and blood? It seems like a bit of a hassle uh, for God to have to unite himself to man. And yet there's a there's a reason there's a kind of um, uh, there's the, the the logic of our salvation stands behind that 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 God uh, in His unveiled divinity uh, that we are incapable of communion with Him to see to see the face of God is to be destroyed so God now veils Himself in in the flesh and blood of Jesus and he uses that those means namely his flesh and his blood his life and and his death he uses those means to save us now if god is using those means to save us it then makes sense that this is how how the whole uh of our sanctification is going to be it's going to be unfolded through the use of means god is going to use the means of his word to to speak to us he's going to use the means of uh, baptism and the Lord's Supper, at least in the, under the New Testament, under the New Covenant, he's going to use those means to deliver to us the promise of forgiveness. That, and, and we start to see that throughout the Old Testament, uh, throughout the New Testament, throughout all of saving history, God is using means to to come to his people and to save us and, and to rescue us. Because we cannot handle, we sinners cannot handle the unmediated presence of God. It is for us destruction. Uh, no one can look upon the face of God and live. So God is going to veil his face so that we can look upon uh, those places where he's put himself. 
and live eternally. Uh, so, so this is the, I mean, this is the, the the biblical argument against mysticism that wants, desires, and is always seeking for the immediate and internal uh, union of of man's essence and the divine essence. Yeah, um, we should keep working on this uh, to see if we can get uh, get some more information out there for our listeners on on how to uh, address this in conversation. We should sometime in the future play the casual apologetics conversation game. So it is Kaka. Kaka. Do we still play that on this show? Sometimes we played it. Okay. Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, when we get back from this break, we'll play Table Talk, Jeopardy, Temptations, and Quilts of Luther. That's my buzzword. <laughs> Did we miss a game in here somewhere? Are <laughs> oh, we going to play Bible League? It's happening today. Oh, wow. It's really classy up here. Table Talk Radio will be right back. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Time for Table Talk Jeopardy. Why do we have the Wheel of Fortune music then? Wheel of Fortune. That's another. <laughs> that's another uh, game show we have. If we were Buddhists, that's what our game show would be. <laughs> Spin the wheel and yeah, that's right. find your fortune. We could have a different worldview. Radio shows should have different. Uh, <laughs> should have different games. So the Buddhist uh, 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 game would be. Um, uh, a wheel of fortune. For some reason, ours is whose line is it anyway? <laughs> who, who? What worldview would Islamic? Uh, would the Islamic worldview? What would they have? Uh, let's uh, make a deal. A <laughs> uh, hundred and one ways to leave a game show. Have you seen? Today's. <laughs> have you seen that really cheesy show? Uh, what's it called? 60 seconds Survivor, to... that's what it would be. <laughs> <laughs> or that would be the social Darwinist one. I don't know. Is Islam Islam and uh, social Darwinists can fight for Survivor. Which one? 60 seconds? 60 seconds to win it or something like that. Uh, it's like they do these really cheesy things like run a marble across a table, mm. but they make it like really intense, like, you know, the end of the world is resting upon it. So they're like, oh, sweating, and they're all really serious and into it. And it's like, you're rolling a marble across the table. <laughs> Yeah, but like for a million bucks <laughs> or something. I guess I'd probably get really into it, too. Right. I'd get really into it for a million Table Talk radio points. <laughs> All right. Well, look, we, I'm going to I'm gonna inflate my categories then. Uh-oh. Right now, I'm adding some zeros. Whoa. Look at all those zeros. Yep. He has even a, a Table Talk radio. Do you always do this when I'm not when I'm not here? No way. Um, he has a Table Talk radio Jeopardy board uh, with sticky notes and all. It's totally awesome. Are you going to take a picture and put on our... Awesome stalker book page. Facebook, <laughs> Facebook page. There's a bit of a controversy, by the way, on the Facebook page because we have something like 600, 550 followers or something, and there is some question if, I, if some of those are fake uh, 
Of course they are. Accounts of me. They're all so from Canada. I only have... <laughs> that's right. Untraceable email addresses. <laughs> I only have... I think I only have about uh, five or six dozen fake Facebook account pages to to be able to like myself. So it doesn't account for the whole thing. <laughs> Gary Zimmerman has about 30 fake Facebook <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's do some Table Talk Jeopardy. Um, I have... A Luther, popular Luther quotes. Um, so do you want 100, 200, 300, 400, or 500? 100. I'll let the drama build. Okay. Popular Luther quotes for 100, please, Evan. So uh, what you have to do here is determine either the, the historical context, what's going on, or you can quote the source of mm. where he wrote this, etc. Okay, here it is. Yeah. Unless I am convinced by Scripture and by plain reason, I do not believe in the authority of either popes or councils by themselves. For it is plain that they have often erred and contradicted each, contradicted each other. In those scriptures I have presented, for my conscience is captive for the word of God. I cannot and will not recant anything, for to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. Here I stand. I can do no other. God help me. That is, uh, what is, what is the diet of worms? That is correct. Yeah, Luther, you know, the diet was apparently... Uh, the emperor moved around on all these different German places. And so the... Um, he, uh, I, by the way, used my buzzword. I see you keeping track of points over there. Did you get it? When I said... Uh, I was talking about the Worldview uh, video game uh, games. Really? Was that on the air or during the break? No, it was on the air. Okay. Uh, so you put down a little five hundred million <laughs> for me there. Got uh, it. Thank so you. Uh, the di- the emperor kind of traveled around. Apparently had castles all over. But they, he goes to this town called Worms, or the proper pronunciation is Worms, because we're in America. <laughs> uh, then, it, but uh, so he goes over there, and he uh, and they say, hey, uh, Luther thought it was going to be a bit of a debate, and he shows up and he says, do you? They say, do you, do you recant? He says, what? We're not gonna don't get to talk about it or what? He said, No, you get to recant. And he said, Well, give me a day to think about it. And he comes back the next day and he stands up there and says, I don't think I will recant. Um, in a much bolder fashion. Everyone cheers. And then he is fifteen twenty four, right? And then he's he leaves from there and he kinda and he, that's when he has the fake kidnapping and he goes up to the Wartburg Castle and he um and he translates the New Testament, etc. So that's really quite nice. I can do no other. My conscience is held captive to the Word of God. Now this is interesting. In the first segment of, the, or maybe it was the second segment of this, uh, this program, we we're talking about the uh, the ELCA. And uh, two years ago, when they voted on uh, at, at the National Assembly uh, to accept the ordination of, of homosexual clergy, uh, one of the reasons for doing so cited was conscience conscience and uh just as luther said that uh to go against conscience is either right nor safe uh so they said we cannot go against our conscience which tells us that uh that we should not uh i don't know be so mean (laughs) to homosexuality uh and these kinds of things um but but what luther is here is saying that his conscience is captive to the word of god yeah. So that the word of God guides his conscience, not um, My sinful conscience hearts. is held captive to the spirit of tolerance. <laughs> Here I stand. I can do nothing that offends anyone. <laughs> okay, so that's, uh, so that's 100 me, for mother. you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do you want? I will take, uh, what, temptations? Temptations for 100,000. Okay, I'll, get, I'll take 100,000 then. This is the place where the devil tempted Adam and Eve. 
To doubt God's word. Hey, related themes. Imagine that. <laughs> um, what is the diet? No, no, no. What is the Garden of Eden? Adam and Eve should have been on a diet. <laughs> Forbidden the, fruit diet. <laughs> they were they were on a vegetarian diet. By the way, the diet of worms does not mean that they were eating worms. Uh, Betty Butterfield, got it. Uh, you're right. Correct. That is the Garden of Eden. Now, so the devil comes along to tempt Adam and Eve to doubt God's word. The essential temptation um, uh, that the devil always brings to the Lord's people is to doubt what the Lord said. Did God really say you shouldn't eat of the fruit? And then he, uh, the devil starts uh, wiggling his way uh, in to cause Adam, uh, and especially Eve, to doubt. Uh, Adam just flat out sins. Um, uh, so you are right. 100,000 points. All right, and the score is 100,500 Table Talk Radio points to 600. Yeah, just trying to boost your confidence for your call. <laughs> I'll take famous quotes of Luther for 200, please. What does it mean to have a God, or what is a God? A God means that from which we are to expect all good and to which we are to take refuge in all distress. That to have a God is nothing else than to trust and believe Him for the whole uh, from the whole heart. As has often been said, that the confidence and faith of the heart alone make both God and an idol. Yeah, it's an amazing quote. It's kind of it's tough to we got to grapple with it for a little bit. But that is Luther talking about the first commandment in the large catechism. What is the large catechism? Ooh, that was close. I almost forgot to put as a question. You're writing points there, so I must be right. You are correct. He says, faith, it makes both God and an idol. Now, that does not mean that if I have faith uh, in, um, uh, what, in, um, in, in Molech, that Molech now becomes the true God. No, uh, what it means is uh, that your keeping of the commandment, the, uh, having other gods, is a matter of faith. It's a question of who do you trust in. And if you trust in God, then you have God as God. If you trust in anything but God, then you have an idol. Uh, so so uh, it's where your trust is directed, your trust and your uh, fear and love also. So we fear love and trust in God above all things. The, the thing that uh, we asked then for the first commandment, the diagnostic question, you know, we got these ten diagnostic questions, and I forget most of them, but the first one I remember is what are you afraid of? And that's going to be an indication of your idols, the things that you're tempted um, to fear more than God. Uh, you could ask the same question like this. What do you trust in? And that also will expose your false uh, your false gods. Yeah, so uh, we, we, I mean, we're, we encounter this every day so that uh, when, um, you know, our... Uh, uh, a tornado wipes out our our house uh, and we lose all of our belongings. Um, do we do we take comfort in the fact that uh, our God will still provide for us and take care of us and is still watching out for us and has died for us and and uh, has saved us, or do we take comfort in the fact that the you know, insurance adjuster is going to come by and, and and give us a big fat check for the yeah. for the house. Yeah, you know, what right. are we what are we taking our, our comfort in? Yeah. Now I'm not saying that we you know should not call the insurance adjuster. Certainly that's why we why we have insurance. Right. Um, but but uh, what makes the situation okay? 
what what gives us comfort, what what gives us joy, and it should be it should be um, the Lord's mercy and, and and salvation. That's right, especially when we don't see it, when we see, when it when it when we look around and it looks like the Lord has just flat out abandoned us, then that's when faith um, takes up arms to fight against sight. So we walk by faith, not by sight. Paul says. Yeah, and that and that's that's the moment that we. Uh, we look to the cross the most because that's that's where God has revealed Himself. I mean, when when, when we're in in the, in the midst of disaster and we're looking around and saying, "Where, where is God? You know, uh, why uh, why is God putting me through this?" And we and we don't have those answers. We don't know, but we do know uh, by looking at the cross that 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 He loves us and He uh, forgives us and and He has us as His own. Uh, and that's that's the uh, Uh, God that has revealed himself, uh, the the God that has died on the cross. All right, more Table Talk Jeopardy right after this. Don't go away. Don't ask me why, but you've been listening to Table Talk Radio. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. The, the score. The sad. I was going to say our show is the sad interruption between great bump music. <laughs> 100,500 <laughs> Table Talk Radio points to 800. Oh, yeah? Well, you only have the potential of getting uh, 1,400,000 in the. we got to get to it. Let's get going, man. All right. I'll take uh, Temptations for 300. Three? Oh, you're skipping. Two. <laughs> uh, the devil hates this guy. Who used to offer sacrifices to sanctify his children. Boom! The devil hates this guy who used to offer sacrifice um, to sanctify his children. Yeah. Um, I, well, this isn't my answer. I, I'm just, you know, talking here. I'm not, this isn't my final answer. All right, all right. I think I could say, who is Melchizedek? And I'd be right, technically, if you think about it. Yeah. Um... Technically. <laughs> um, but I think you're looking for a more literal... Yeah, the guy that had said he used to offer sacrifices <laughs> to sanctify his children. <laughs> you know it's a man. I said guy. Yeah, I got that. You know I, I, I wasn't eliminating any uh, women in my in my process of elimination going on in my head. Uh, who is Abraham? Oh, yeah, that's a good guess. Job. Remember Job? Oh, his children uh, would hold feasts, and he would offer sacrifices, lest one of them might have sinned. Yeah, that was that would have been better in the temptation <clears throat> theme than Abraham. Yeah, yeah. So here comes now. Here, here's the key here. Remember how in the Garden of Eden you got those points. Now subtract <laughs> 300,000 points from your thing there. No uh, wonder you're so willing to up the, up the ante. Just wait till you get to 500,000. <laughs> Point I can stall that long. You're buying a house, right? This is what it's like, <laughs> bud. Minus two. <laughs> well, do, you a, do you have a calculator? <laughs> no, this is a, uh, the the doubt. The God, the, the devil wants the Christians to doubt the word that God speaks. Now, Job knows the word that God has spoken from heaven, remember? Uh, and that word is your sins are forgiven. The, the Job knows that. Job knows that his sins are forgiven, and he knows that he, he, he Job knows that he's righteous, 
not because of uh, because he never sins, but because uh, because the Lord's forgiven his sins, and he knows he he hears that voice in the sacrifices. But now the devil comes along and tempts him to doubt the word that he hears in the divine service to say, "Oh, you're not righteous, you're not holy, you know, you're a sinner." Uh, so this is the devil's temptation for us too. He always is tempting us to doubt the the word of the Lord that we hear in the divine service that we're holy and forgiven. So, all right. Quotes uh, from Luther for three hundred. Who's winning now? What's the score? <laughs> Negative one hundred ninety nine thousand five hundred to eight hundred. You're winning despite all right. all that. <laughs> all right for three hundred. Now. You said on the last one we had to grapple with a little bit. We were allowed to grapple with this one. But uh, 300. I had made up my mind to write no more either about the Jews or against them. But since I learned that these miserable and accursed people do not cease to lure to themselves, even us, that is, the Christians, I have published this little book so that I might be found among those who oppose such poisonous activities of the Jews who warn the Christians to be on their guard against them. I would not have believed that a Christian could be duped by the Jews into taking their exile and wretchedness upon himself. However, the devil is of the of the the devil is the god of the world, and whatever God's word is wherever God's word is absent, he has an easy task, not only to those uh, who are weak, but also to the strong. May God help us. Amen. That would be uh, I suspect the Luther's writing on the Jews and their lies. That is correct. Is that the one? Yeah, this is, you're right, this is a tough one. And of all the things where, um, you know, if you walk around and you say, hey, I'm a Lutheran, uh, this is uh, this will come up. Uh, here's the most important thing, and, and it's compared then to Nazis. And there's even this book, this, this guy, Hal Lindsey, wrote this, I think Hal Lindsey wrote it, this miserable book about how Luther was the source of the Holocaust, this kind of thing. That's ah, just ridiculous. Uh, uh, Hitler was a Darwinian. Uh, he was trying to uh, cultivate a higher race. And for Luther, there is no sense of uh, creating a higher race. The problem that Luther had with the Jews, and this doesn't excuse uh, a lot of his polemical stuff, which was just over the top, but it's a theological thing. It's not a, uh, it's not a racial thing. It's, it's a matter of doctrine. Luther had hoped that the Jews um, were Jewish and not Christian because of the miserable abuses of the papacy. And so he had these great hopes at the beginning of the Reformation that when the Bible was coming clear that the, uh, that, uh, the Jews would come to the Reformation, uh, would come into the Lutheran church. In fact, he had these relationships with a handful of rabbis and things. That he, he worked with Hebrew with some of them and things like this. And that was his hope. But that hope would, uh, f- failed to come to pass. Um, and so he was um, he was just simply flat out uh, dead set against the doctrine of Judaism. Uh, now, we Christians today should also be flat out and dead set against the doctrine of Judaism because it rejects the Trinity, uh, the incarnation of Jesus, that Jesus was Lord, that he died on the cross for our sins. Uh, and the words that Jesus spoke to the Pharisees still stand today to modern Judaism, which is if you reject the Son, you reject the Father who sent him. Uh, and yet the, our um, our theological vigor against the Jews should be marked with Christian and simply also human kindness. And I'm afraid that when Luther wrote his tract against the Jews, his words were not marked with that kindness. Uh, that they were um, that they were enraged. 
Well said. All right. Well, I will take uh, Temptations for 200000 Um get, Putting me in the black here if I get if this. If you get this right. Uh, Why are you putting all your sticky notes on my laptop? The devil comes to tempt Jesus right after this happened. Ah. So we're looking for uh, an event probably in the gospel somewhere um, that occurs right before the temptation. Yes. What is the baptism of our Lord Jesus? Correct. Boom. All right. Now, uh, this is uh, this is interesting. So uh, Jesus gets baptized, and and the uh, the voice from heaven says, "This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased." And uh, you have uh, the Holy Spirit descending uh, as a dove, and then and then Jesus goes out uh, beginning his ministry, and the first thing is he's he's battling battling the devil yeah and the devil is tempting jesus to doubt the voice spoken from heaven if you are the son of god so god says you're my son i'm well pleased with you and and uh and the devil says if you are god's son see it's all this is the point is that the devil is always tempting us to doubt god's word i mean we every time we see the devil that's precisely what he's doing right Right. all right your turn uh quotes of luther for 400 okay here it is Whenever the devil harasses you, seek the company of men and drink and <laughs> seek oh, the company of men. <laughs> yeah. Did you make a poster out of this? A t-shirt, actually. Yeah, a t-shirt. <laughs> Keep it with you wherever you go. We, we should put that on there right next to uh, I'm an executive session t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever the devil harasses you, seek the company of men and drink more or joke and talk nonsense. That's my favorite Table part. Talk radio. <laughs> yeah, that's why we, we do this show. Uh, do you notice that these last two uh, are, have a, a temptation theme? Did you notice that? I noticed. Okay. Uh, or do some other merry thing. Sometimes we must drink more, sport, recreate ourselves, and even sin a little to spite the devil, so that we so that we leave him no place for troubling our conscience with trifles. We are con- we are conquered if we do if we try to consciously not sin at all. So the so the devil says to you, "Do not drink." Answer him, "I will drink and and write freely, just because you tell me not to." Yeah, uh, this uh, this is going to be uh, in one of Luther's. Uh, I don't know if it's table talk or one of his letters of spiritual counsel, uh, but it's kind of one of those things. Um, I'm just I'm going to guess table talk. This is uh, from Luther's table talk. Oh, is, it, is it letters of spiritual counsel? It is. And he, he's he's talking about the uh, our, how our soul uh, and our minds can be tempted towards legalism. Uh, now, if and so if this is your temptation, then this is now. Uh, of course, uh, those who are tempted the other way uh, to abusing Christian freedom, uh, to, who are tempted to a bit of antinomianism, Luther would write the opposite way, mm-hmm. uh, which shows the kind of the great difficulty and wonder of dividing law and gospel, but but the, Luther knew this. He you know he would confess his sins and 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 Spalatin would say, hey, go go commit a real sin and then come and confess that. So there's just this obsession, this kind of self-obsession about every single single thing that we do. And Luther would say, look, uh, Christ has set you free. Yeah, I uh, like I said, I was looking for the book and I just saw that over there, but we don't have time to look it up. But I don't recall ex- the exact letter, but he was writing to someone who was who was uh, heavily troubled and discouraged and depressed 
uh, because of the temptations of the evil one. It's it's right in that first section there, uh, on the um, what is it, depressed or despondent or whatever it is. Yep. So uh, so that's that's the context. Um, okay, quick uh, temptations for four hundred thousand. Hebrews two tells us that the devil was overcome when this happened. The devil was destroyed even when this happened. Uh, the devil was destroyed at the... Uh, what? What is the uh, crucifixion of Jesus? That's right. <laughs> he took upon himself flesh and blood that he might destroy... That through his death he might destroy the one who had power over death. That is the devil. All right. And the final score is 400,500 Table Talk Radio points. The Pastor Wilson here is 7. Thanks, 700. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. I don't have a joke. <laughs> totally You've listening to Table Talk Radio. The like his the joke. views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.